Good morning, everyone. Welcome to episode 49 of Wake Up. This one is a special one, as you'll tell by the artwork on the podcast. It is um, it's called Fuck Your Great Reset. So the herbalist uh, at the herbalist on Twitter, um, he's a cool guy and on account, he reached out to a bunch of us, um, myself, Mark Moss, Laser Hoddle, uh, Michael Krieger, uh, Liberty Blitz, as most of you know him as, and Joel from Untapped Growth. Uh, he reached out to us on Twitter and just said, hey, you guys need to have a conversation to talk through what the fuck is going on with the monetary reset, the great reset. And I think that's part of it was off the back of Laser Hoddle's uh, recent discussion with Marty Bent. Marty was going to join us, but he was a little bit too busy. Unfortunately, that would have uh, you know been a little bit more icing on the cake, but all good. There is always a next time. So this discussion, I mean, it was it was great. Like, what what happens when you put a bunch of Bitcoiners either in a room uh, on a, or on a Zoom? That rhymes. Um, what happens when you put those people together? Well, you get magic. You get you get philosophy. You get truths. You get you get some cussing. You get some fucking incredible analogies like there's an analogy from laser huddle in this one i chucked a few in there mark chucked a couple in there joel like there was analogies from all over the place which just really help you to understand and appreciate why bitcoin is so important why things are so fucking deranged at the moment how uh, Bitcoin actually fixes this. So, you know, there's there's one in there about Icarus. There's one in there about, you know, the, the, the modern operating system being communism and sort of socialism, UBI on the front end and techno-fascism on the back end. There's discussions about cycles. There's... Anyway, I'll let you listen to the pod because it's all covered in there. You're going to love it. Share this one far and wide. This is one of those remnant energy type podcasts. You're going to absolutely fucking love this one and i'll see you on episode 50 <laughs> episode what 49 of wake up and um it is going to be a shirtless episode with another six men who apparently have shirts on this is sounding gay already but it's called fuck your great reset um gentlemen thank you for joining we have uh laser hodl we have Mark Moss, we have Michael Krieger, or fucking Krieger, sorry, dude. Um, we have Joel, Untapped Growth, um, and we have The Herbalist. So, Mike, uh, you know, only two episodes ago we caught up. So thanks for jumping on again. Um, yeah, man, I just couldn't stay away, you know? I know, I know. It's the, it's the shirtlessness. That's what it is. Um, all right, gentlemen, can we do a quick round uh, round table on um, who, who everyone is, just a really brief one, and then let's get stuck into this. Yeah. Laser, you go first. Hey, I'm Laser Hoddle. I've been in this space since 2018. Um, about a year ago, I got a sense of what was happening in the world, and I felt sort of the calling to uh, spread the signal and, and been here ever since. Awesome. Mark? Yeah, I've... Uh... I, I found Bitcoin as a, as, as a beacon of hope back in 2015. By 2016, when I realized it was really the only tool that we had to actually win, I figured I had to go tell everybody I know about it. And I've been making content about Bitcoin ever since. Um, over the, I have a, a pretty big YouTube channel, podcast, and now, now radio show just talking about Bitcoin. Um, I've covered the Great Reset uh, narrative uh, very extensively 
Um, it's something that I spend a lot of time focused on. And while um, unfortunately things are dangerous and scary uh, and bleak right now, I believe there's great hope. And I think if we focus on that, uh, we'll hit our goal. Awesome. Uh, Mike. Yeah, so Michael Krieger, I first got my red pill, I guess, awakening back in around 2008, 2009, when I was actually on Wall Street, and uh, the financial crisis hit, and basically that exposed everything to me, all the corruption, fraud, et cetera, like the central banking, and uh, so uh, similar to what a lot of other people are saying here, I felt, I felt like I had all this stuff I had to say, and I started saying it, so I started saying it. And I've been, saying, I've been saying it for over a decade. The, the, the best thing I can say, like from my, from my seat, which uh, hopefully will fill some of you with optimism watching this, is when I first kind of realized how completely corrupt and shady the system is and how it works, it was a very lonely place. Uh, there was, you know, the, the idea of just getting together and hopping on a call like this with so many thoughtful, interesting people that are dedicated and young. And, um, you know, uh, it, it was inconceivable. You know, it was basically a bunch of like 60 year old gold bugs and that's it. So, you know, right. someone that's been, you know sort of like calling and yelling about a lot of this for over a decade, I can tell you that our ranks have never been in a better position to win and we're growing every single day. So uh, I'm actually, again, like everyone feels the same way. We, we've, got, we've got a tough, tough slog here. And, you know, I think we're actually in a war right now as we speak, but, uh, but I think we can do this. I think we can win. Love it. Love it. Yep. Joel. What's up, guys? I'm Joel with Untapped Growth. I'm the Bitcoin cow guy. I'm trying to emerge the Citadel revolution, starting with the first productive asset of the food chain using regenerative agriculture and cattle. After we get that, going after everything else. Amazing. Amazing. Um, herbalist. Hey, I'm just a humble Bitcoiner that put out the call on Twitter to uh, get all these guys together. And uh, just super excited and humbled by everyone's support and uh, willingness to do this. And I'm excited. Amazing. Um, alrighty. Well, gents, how about we get into the, um, the first order of things then, which is, uh, as Laser eloquently put it, um, where the fuck are we? Like, what is actually going on? Um, and get a bit of a lay of the land here um, and understand kind of, Let's maybe put some thoughts and ideas forward and we'll kind of try and do this in a round robin form so that way we don't get lost in six hours of conversation because I'm sure we can talk about this shit forever. But, um, you know, let, let's take turns on putting forth our, I guess, individual opinion or at least uh, presumption of what the fuck is actually happening uh, at the moment with respect to either the monetary reset or what's, you know, termed the great reset or you know the all the shenanigans that are happening um, around the world today. So, Laser, maybe we'll start with you, buddy, um, since you're at the top of my list here, um, and then we'll we'll go around. Yep. So I've been grappling with this, and the the best I can, the closest I've come to making sense of it is that we're at the end of a handful of cycles. Um, one being the large debt cycle, which is to say we're due for a sovereign debt crisis on the world stage. We're also at the end of a Kondratiev cycle, which is a 50-year technology cycle. And we're also experiencing a, a, a fourth wave or a fourth turning a generational uh, uh, event. And on top of that, if that wasn't enough, we're at the end of an empire cycle. And, um, it looks a little like, uh, well, to put it plainly, 
the West is colluding to import China's variant of authoritarianism uh, using COVID as a conduit. Um, and so the last two years, what we've been experiencing is a um, engineered sort of shitstorm um, such that we would be traumatized, sheltered in place, and this um, uh, China-like social scoring system can be imported into our country. I think that Australia and New Zealand and, and even maybe Israel are the vanguard. So you can simply look there, look and see uh, where we are with it. So that's kind of my gut. I think reset is around the corner and these governments are working together to basically say, okay, we need to transition out of an old system into a new system. What's it gonna be? And it looks like they're trying to play catch up with China and copy them wholesale. Yeah. Um, my earphones just died. So I, I did have some comments, but maybe Mark, you go next until I get my damn earphones fixed. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I've been uh, also putting in a ton of research and thesis into these cycles as well. Um, and uh, kind of to add on to what Laser's been saying, we do have these three different cycles uh, all converging right now. And so it kind of creates this like perfect storm. But one thing that I would say, though, is that if we actually go take these cycles all the way back, I mean, you could trace uh, especially these like uh, political, social, cultural revolution cycles back thousands and thousands of years. Uh, what you'll see is that it, the history is always a series of repeating cycles. And so while progress is exponential, we're actually kind of repeating at the same time. And so um, while, you know, you can look at this as kind of laser pointed out, we're like uh, trying to import this social credit score system. Um, it's really nothing new. And so uh, history is always a series of um, man, humans, uh, um, and the way they mess things up. And so it's always like uh, gaining control, gaining power, manipulating the system, creating that oppression, which then creates the revolution back to freedom. And then eventually oppression takes over revolution freedom. And it just kind of repeats over and over. So um, where we're heading right now is, you know, scary. And there's this whole authoritarian movement that we're moving into. The world's trending towards that. So it's not new. Um, What's new is that the technology that's available today is giving them much greater power than they've ever had. And so um, while we've seen this period, this revolution cycle of oppression, freedom, oppression, freedom, since the beginning of time, I have the feeling that where we're at right now is really the battle for the rest of humanity. And I, and I, and I hate to say that because it sounds so big, but it's like, the technology is here right now that could literally create the perfect prison that could prevent a revolution from ever happening again. Uh, but at the same time, we also have, as he pointed out, we're in a technological revolution right now, which has also given us a technology, which is decentralized technology. And that technology we can win with. And if we win here with that, we could, we could either way, the cycle of oppression, freedom, oppression, freedom ends and we either go for oppression for the rest of humanity and maybe never break out of that, or we win here with decentralization and we end the centralization and we have freedom for the rest of humanity. And, and, I, and I think it's that big. Very nicely put. Um, Joel, do you want to chime in? Well, actually Mike, sorry, Mike, 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 you're next. Sure, sure yeah. So, I mean, I basically agree with um, pretty much what everyone's saying for the most part. The, the one, the one thing that I like to emphasize, which I find really interesting, is never before 
at a cycle like this. And, and you know, we, we are, I, I'm of the belief as well that we might even be in like multi-thousand year cycles that I don't, you know, we don't even know about. Um, of course, like, you know, the ancient, ancient, like um, in, in India, they, they had this concept of the, of the yugas. If you, if you guys are familiar with that, these were like multi-thousand, you know, year cycles, Kali, you know, ostensibly we're in the Kali Yuga now, which is the darkest age. Then they had the golden age, the silver age, all, all these other yugas. Um, and then, of course, there was this similar concept from, you know, that was Plato was uh, supposedly talked about with the great year, right? That, that had to do with precession of the equinoxes and astrology. But in any event, um, as far as we know, throughout any of these prior cycles, there's never been the internet, okay? So there's never been this kind of connectivity. So yes, while, while the technology exists to oppress us, I think we have the advantage on net with technology because we can connect with one another. Like if, if, what, if what was being attempted right now had been attempted at any other prior period, if humanity, we would never have met each other most likely. Like, we, like nobody here on this call would ever know who the other person is, let alone, you know, be talking about it, strategizing about it, connecting. I, I don't think we can put um, into context even what that means. And that's where, where it becomes very difficult for me to be negative on any sort of longer term time frame, because so too many humans from my seat are aware and, and have connected and are connecting to, to put that back in the box. I think if you wanted to do it, it's sort of like with Bitcoin. If there was going to be a chance to really strangle that, you would have had to do it early, very, very early. I think the same thing with the internet. I just think too many people have now gotten used to free speech, connecting with people, to, to really sufficiently be able to put that in the bottle, even if they want to. So that's sort of my uh, very optimistic take on, on the whole situation. I don't, I don't, I can't even imagine if you think about pre-internet, if these guys, right, they, and, right, humans are humans. They've been, people have been doing this kind of stuff forever. So it's been done before, similar things have been done before, not with the technology, but imagine how confused the population would have been. Right. I mean, completely just like bamboozled and think about how the propaganda works now, but at least we can counter it in some way still on social media and the Internet. You would just it would be impossible unless you had a printing press. So I, I think on net um, again over any sort of lengthy, let's say five years, 10 years, 20 years out time frame. I just think we have the advantage. Um, and that's why I'm overall optimistic. Awesome. Um, I want to. I, I want to just mention so before I throw this over to Joel and to Herbalist to sort of wrap up um, the first thoughts on this section is what what you were just saying there, both Mark and Mike, kind of reminded me of something which um, which I wrote back in 2020 uh, as part of Bitcoin Times Edition Three. So I'm just going to read um, a couple paragraphs here from it. Um, so it says, uh, "Well, it's 2020, and reality caught up to us again." Uh, we are reminded of how thinly veiled the freedom and stability of our modern societies truly are. But there is hope. We understand darkness because we've seen the light. We know hot because we felt the cold. We can call out tyranny because we've experienced freedom. And we know right because we've all done some wrong. So long as we're not beyond the event horizon, we exist in a realm where reality is duality. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. And it should come as no surprise that the creation and proliferation of the ultimate tool of personal sovereignty and liberty is happening alongside the rise of the ultimate collectivist techno dystopia. There is never an evil large or dark enough to be all encompassing. 
humans have always risen to the occasion, and this time it's no different. The darker the night, the brighter the day, the more suffocating the oppression, the more powerful the spirit of freedom, the more fearsome the enemy, the greater the hero. So that was something I wrote back in 2020. Just, just I don't know, it rang true for me as you guys were. That very last piece that. there, Alex, that very last piece, the greater the enemy, right? The greater the enemy, mm-hmm. the more, what was it, the passionate? The, 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 yeah, the more fearsome the, the enemy, the greater the hero. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, that's that's a great contrast. I like that. Thank you. So, uh, Joel, over to you, buddy. So I keep hearing this thing come up that, like Michael said it, like maybe we're in this place in the multi-thousand years that we just don't understand. Or Mark said that when this gets decided for either totalitarianism or freedom, like it might be permanent. Like where, where will it go after that? Like, it's like, it's like, this is a decision point. Like you just said, past the event horizon, right? It's like, we all had this sense that where we're at is incredibly pivotal. It's like, it almost has this intuitive sense of permanence to it. Like almost like this is the final cycle. Right. And it's really interesting to sit back and think about it. Like I, I came at this whole world from a very different perspective of kind of the side of humanity where, we as people have been under this onslaught to steal and diminish the divinity within us. What I mean by that is our generation and the generation before that has been this story of erosion and what feels like a very final sense of that impetus of rationality, of free will and power to make decisions, of individualism of really consensual relationships among people as a whole, right? It's we've been moving more and more towards this passive type society. It's not just collectivism. It's like a breaking of the human spirit with multi-generational erosion of identity and capacity to remember who we are as human beings. And I've been thinking about this ever since your podcast with Marty Laser where you said that at the very end, you were talking about like the section of like, did God have something to do with Bitcoin? Of like, was this a gift he inspired because he knew it was what was coming? You made this really profound statement that I just have not been able to stop thinking about, about are humans going too far by trying to crush the free will of everybody around them? Like, is that crossing the line to where you're forcing some sort of intervention where this is violating that divinity of what makes us human and that it demands something change in a final sense. And it seems like this whole importation of communism versus this Bitcoin sovereign individual revolution is right the crux of this humanitarian choice of do we forget the beauty and wonder and majesty of who we're born to be? Or do we ascend to being the children of God meant to be kings of this earth? It's, it's the steady the sound of the, the the sort of deafening march of progressive moral imperialism that's been engineered through these nonstop waves of Malthusian fear spells. And, and so like COVID is a Malthusian fear spell, climate change and racism and uh, cyber, uh, you know, cyber threats. And they're all the same basic formula that has created um, this cultivated, this sort of safe space maximalism uh, in our society. And um, that is threatening to consume everything. And and it does feel like 
this is a pivotal um, a moment. You know, what's funny is um, Kondratiev, the, the Soviet scientist that actually witnessed the long wave cycle that gave way as a result of central banking, he actually saw that there was a pendulum that oscillated between centralization and decentralization, between each uh, uh, cycle. Um, and what's funny is we are just finishing our centralization cycle. It's supposed to end at 2030. And so it ends you might look eight, at 80 year cycle, yeah. You might look at this and say, do, do the, the people that are trying to steer uh, the narratives that drive society see that we're actually due to swing back away from centralization? And is this great reset? Is this the attempt to sort of capture a society before it's too late and, and makes you wonder? I, I mean, I definitely think that's exactly what's going on. I mean, we're not the only ones that understand cycles, right? I, it's like, that's, again, why I think it's going to fail because it's such a contra nature, contra cycle attempt to just bludgeon us into the most preposterous um, centralized surveillance cage. Um, and way too many people see it. And the other thing is it's so obvious that it's the same people, right? I mean, it's, it's, all, it's all these forces that we don't like that are whose systems are actively failing. And they're the ones that are coming in, in our face to try to say like, no, no, because of COVID, give us more power. And, you know, to me, that's the thing. I, I, I think it's just too ridiculous. And in fact, I would argue that them being so overt in trying to do this is what, will, what is actually sparking us to win. Right? It's, it's actually radicalizing more people. It's, it's getting people more, um, it's, it's waking more people up in the ridiculousness of it. It's the, it's the classic, it's the classic would, Cobra effect. Yeah, it's the classic Cobra effect. Yeah. What I was going to say is, uh, you know, we, so we are all admitting these are cycles. And so, you know, that, that we to me cycle um, and, and the cycles are reactive. So um, the oppression gets so strong they push so hard that then it has to break back the other way and then it goes too far to the other way. Um, and it, and I know like what Hoddle uh, laser said just a second ago, like, uh, you know, using COVID to create fear, uh, but nothing's changed. Just the, just the names and the face. So like um, outside of Mexico city, they have some of the best pyramids in the world and um, they were abandoned. And they, then the reason why they're abandoned is because um, the priest said that, Hey, we're having drought and everyone's going to die unless we sacrifice your kids. And so they used fear, right, uh, to, to take the kids. And then eventually they ran out of kids. They tried to take the warriors' kids and the warriors killed them all. Uh, but they've always used some sort of fear, right? Uh, so so yeah, today it's COVID, uh, you know, it's gonna be climate, oh, climate extremism next. Um, but it's just the names and faces that have changed. It's just, just repeating. But I, so, I would argue this one is different because like, the longer cycle, even beyond all this, is like a cycle of us trying to play God everything, like the Tower of Babel type thing, right? So in all these different cycles in history, it's always been smaller, like, uh, like Michael was saying, where we've never had this connectivity across the globe before. So with this one, it's like we, we've tried to play God when it comes to medicine. We've tried to play God when it comes to controlling all the variables of farming and saying, we know all the factors and if we do this mechanistic we we can control everything to have our beautiful perfect outcome or we've tried to play god with the money saying we can manipulate that at scale and now with this importation of communism it's like 
we can play God over humanity itself. And we can and do just, that across I, an integrated globe as a whole all at one time. And that's different. That's never want, happened before in one of these cycles. And I want to upgrade the, the term for the, the flavor of totalitarianism that we're talking about. From what I can tell, it looks like it's a type of social scoring communism in the front end. And in the back end, it's a type of high-tech fascism, which is to say the state um, marries the industry titans in order to operate the system. And so it is a uh, hybrid, but I think this is the latest and greatest from the authoritarian academia, right? I think they've merged these things together and, and that is what we see in China. And I think that that is sort of that's what they're aiming at. They just want to cloak it in social justice. They want to, you know, you know, and then use COVID and, and these other fear spells as like a Trojan horse in order to deliver it. Yeah, I would, and that's, I that, that's, that, that's a good point though. So, I mean, you know, to your point, Joel, I mean, you know, uh, it's global, um, whatever, but I, I, I still think it's the same repeating, but basically what Laser said is it's the technology that makes it different. And I think they've learned from hundreds of years of these cycles uh, like like Michael said, like uh, we're not the only ones that see these cycles. They do as well, and so they've learned and they've adjusted and they keep trying to get better and better at this. Uh, at the end of the day, it's uh, trying to prevent civil unrest, right? And so, to kind of Laser's point, right? They're using this technology um, and and potentially with AI and the way they can shape our brains as we grow. Um, that's why I think it's that technology piece that maybe breaks the cycle for the rest of humanity, and that's why it's so important. Yeah, I was just going to say that one of the. I think a lot of you guys probably feel the same way, but it's this, Joel was alluding to it earlier. It's that this intuition. I mean, I have such powerful intuition and I have for a while, but just it almost seems to increase every single day where it just feels like this is it. At least, you know, at least we're in the battle now. At least it's all out there. We're like, this is the final chapter. And to me, at least it feels as if the universe itself is creating this framework or backdrop for human beings to either evolve or fail. And that's sort of what, mm. what Mark was saying a little bit. It's almost like, are we gonna become these robots or something, a different species entirely? And it's the end of humans? Uh, because if, I think if humans in, in our organic form remain, we won't ever be oppressed forever. But do, do you know, the goal seems to be from these guys to, to transform us into something else, into a different species, in fact. And I think a lot of us feel the exact opposite in that, human beings have so much more to offer and there's so much more in us and that we just we're so close to the precipice of evolving to some to to a higher form of our species and it feels as if these davos guys or ccp or whatever these you know lurking oligarchs are whoever the whatever the power right whatever the power or force or energy is behind this who really knows right but it feels as if they are afraid of us right they are afraid of what we will do <laughs> if left to our own that, devices and are trying to almost end the species in a way. That's, that's sort of how it feels. That, I, that's a I good point. I, I want to I, I take that point and add it to what Joel said, because Joel was saying about playing God and now what you just said, Michael. And so uh, Klaus Schwab wrote in his book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution, right? The whole purpose of that book is to this transhumanism and to, to basically merge. Uh, they said they don't, you know, make it, uh, Make it where you can't even tell the, the 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 blending of human and machine, and so kind of both you know Joel talked about playing God, and then Michael you talked about this evolving these humans, and so yeah, that is that is something different for sure. 
when you think um, of um, what you, when you think of the quest of central planning and in, in, in communism is has a, has a lot of this. It's it's they want to. There is a strong urge to view the economy as, as a function where the the goods and services are inputs and the outputs are the controls and measures you need to manage them. Now, the problem in that, and the problem has always been, you cannot measure human behavior, but this is what they're, this is the moonshot. What they actually are saying here is the technology is such that they think that they can measure human behavior. They can take everything you do, your thoughts, your communications, and they can feed those as inputs into an algorithm that centrally plans the economy. Now, of course, the problem with that is that you cannot measure the human spirit. So even if they measured all of human behavior and they pulled that off, they could get close, but it would always be a broken system because you cannot measure the spirit. Um, one, one thing I learned from being in uh, big tech for over a decade is that um, the, the most fundamental feature of the internet is that the internet routes around censorship, right? And and that has been true since the internet first emerged and that has bloomed into Bitcoin. It's bloomed into decentralized messaging. It's bloomed into unstoppable tech at all these layers. And so we're seeing the, the, the starting seeds of, of basically an unstoppable society. And, and it's, up for, it's up to individuals to, to, at each part of their life, opt out, um, show the tyrants to the door and say, you know what, I'm pulling up the drawbridge on my messaging. I'm pulling up the drawbridge uh, on my privacy, um, I, you know, and, and, and sort of dumping um, big tech who is, who is tripping over each other to marry the state in the same way that central banking married the state 400 years ago. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I, despite how grave and, and, and massive um, a situation we're in, the, what we're actually facing in terms of sort of this emergent decentralized revolution is it's really tremendous, the, the gravity of that and what it means in terms of cementing the individual, cementing the family is, is exhilarating, despite the, the tragedy and the horror of what a few would, would hear humanity into. I love that Amazing. framing, Laser, because really what this seems to come down to is like, it's a choice between what they're trying to do is divest the power of will and choice into the centralized control system with this high-tech fascism AI thing you're talking about, or the awakening of the evolution of humanity, like Krager's talking about, of this renaissance now of us becoming sovereign individuals. And we're at this split where we're going to go one way or the other. This, this split has to happen this way. This is, so, so I wanted to chime in for I wanted to play a little bit of devil's advocate, but um, before I do that, I just wanted to throw a couple of notes in there as I was listening. Um, you know, we, we spoke about, I can't remember who it was, whether it was Michael or Mark or Laser said something about um, they're afraid of us. And, and what I was going to say is, um, you know, the fake elites have always envied the, the natural elites. So in any, any group of people, so I recently uh, read um, 
Isaiah's Job, which I recommend everyone read by Albert Nock. Uh, that's it's it's, a, it's an essay and it inspired everyone from Rothbard to Ayn Rand and all sorts of people. It's fucking incredible, written in the 1930s. And, and the basic premise of it is um, to, to those who transform the world are known as the remnant. Um, and and it's, it's not the masses. You know, the, the idea is fuck the masses. There, there is a natural remnant out there. There is a natural elite who will you know, do the work, who will think outside of the box, who, who are the, the game changers, et cetera. And, and, you know, when I think about Bitcoin, it's like I did a tweet storm about it today. It's like that they are, they are the remnant. And the, the fake elites have always, as I said, envied that they've always not liked uh, the real elites. So, so what they've done is they've always used the masses against the remnant. So, so in, in that sense, um, this is no different, but it, the the difference being this time is you know what i've said in the past many times is that we're just powerful enough for uh fake elites in their stupidity because a, a lot of this is you know one could argue that you know one could put it through the lens of you know good and evil but i i always i don't so much believe in you know good and evil as opposed to um stupid versus functional and a lot of these what you would call fake elites genuinely have the hubris to think that um you know the world would be better run if it was run by some sort of algorithm or some sort of centrally planned thing because things would be cleaner simpler like you know that this this is why i wrote that piece uh utopian dystopias is that every time some fucking moron comes up with an idea for a utopia, it turns into a dystopia because you functionally cannot have some sort of clean and sanitized, centrally planned, modeled, pre-engineered algorithmic society because when you sanitize uh, randomness and chance out of a system, you actually sanitize the life out of it. So, so you create something that is dead. So, so, th so this is the hubris of these fucking idiots. So for me, it doesn't, you know, it, I, I always try and take a more pragmatic view of what the, the fake elites uh, intend to do. Like, I, I don't see it as a, as a, like the ramifications are a fight between good and evil, but the, the actual, um, the intent is like what they think is going to work, like layered with the fact that there is no, skin in the game so they have an incredible level of moral hazard when they make these decisions because they don't pay the price for the decisions um you know we get into a situation like we are now where you've got a you know a social credit front end and techno fascist back end. I, I, I love that framing you know what's so ironic about that something in there sorry who ahead, that? i'd love to try something on that I'd sure. love to chime in something after Mark's done on that one. Go ahead, Mark. I, I was just going to make one point, just the, the irony here, because um, we both see that man or humans are the problem. Uh, their goal is to replace it with an AI that can centrally plan it our, and get rid of man. Our idea is to get rid of man and not have essentially planned. But both of us, I guess, are seeing that man or humans are the problem. Uh, they just want something to replace the centrally planned and we want to get rid of it. So a little, little bit so, ironic. Sort of, sort of, sort of, sort of. I don't think we're seeing man as the problem. I think what we're doing, like, I mean, at least the way I view Bitcoin is that we're trying to put the means of, um, you know, measuring human action outside of all of our hands. Because man's not fundamentally the problem. The, the problem is being able to, you know, 
creating a system in which the incentives are skewed such that man can take the reins of the system. So, so it's not removing man. It's like, take, take the, the, the thing that measures incentives and put it out of all of our fucking reach. And when that's out of all of our reach, man can go and do whatever he wants. Um, he can be a dumbass and fucking spend all his, you know, the product of his labor on hookers and coke. Um, or he can, you know, produce something, you know, build a family, build a business, whatever. Like that, then by all means, man can do whatever the fuck he wants. Um, I, I think the, the problem on the other end is that, you know, these idiots have started to believe that um, man, you know, or human humans are the problem. So we must, um, you know, we must turn them into effectively drones under the guise of uh, equality. So, so anyway, that, that's just sort of a little bit of color. Maybe. Yeah. So just one thing I just want to mention, I can't ever stop thinking about this. It's from Brave New World Revisited, which, I, which I've recommended many times, um, where Huxley, one of the things he does is he, he talks about um, structures and what the nature of humans are. And so what I think is happening here is these elites or whatever the power is behind them um, want to take the species of human and turn us into essentially insects um, or let's say bees because what you need for this kind of system that they want, this sort of centralized you know, hierarchical system that um, works in a mechanistic kind of fashion where everyone knows their place and doesn't deviate from their place, right? And forever, it's like, it's like how a beehive would function. And what Huxley points out is any totalitarian or authoritarian system always ends up having to try to force humans to live like insects. And humans aren't insects, right? We don't naturally become, we don't naturally structure our societies like bees do. And he points out that humans are moderately gregarious, more like large mammals such as elephants or wolves. And that's our nature. And so this is sort of why, again, why I, I keep going back to that, how, how important this point is of humans needing to be changed from their perspective, right? Somehow altered. And that's what I think is going on here because if your goal is a permanent beehive structure for the human species, you must change the nature of the human. Otherwise, over any period of time, the human will automatically eventually revolt because it goes, it's so contrary to the nature of what a human being is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So well, it's contrary to all of life. Like you can't, you can't sanitize life. That's the problem. Like, so, so life requires fucking randomness, chance. And the only way you can have randomness and chance is if you open it up so that it's free enough to do so. Like if you fucking remove the randomness variable, you actually remove the very essence of what life is supposed to be, which is fucking retarded. And central yeah. planning requires order. It, it desires order. Pure order. That's the thing. So it's, it's pure order. So, so what they want to do is they want to remove the element of life. So or, life requires order and chaos. They want to remove chaos completely. They want to sanitize it out. And when you're either pure chaos or pure order, you don't have life. Life happens at the fucking nexus of both and it requires both. That's why this whole thing has so much, such a high degree of hubris. I would well, take yes, that question even farther where C.S. Lewis had such a good description, Svetsky, of um, natural elites versus these fake manufactured elites. And he was talking about in a piece he wrote, to kind of paraphrase it, where the manufactured elites, it's all about this process. You're trying to be in the in crowd by essentially patronizing compromise in order to fit into the system, right? So it's kind of like what they're trying to ask us to do now with divesting the human spirit into this AI that's controlling everything. 
but it's inherently a self-defeating system because you're giving away that magic divine thing that makes us mm-hmm. humans mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. the Bitcoiner world. Yep. We're instead of divesting of ourselves into a self-defeating system that loses its energy, we are ascending in a self-becoming yes. system of taking sovereignty. So it's a complete juxtaposition of paradigms yes. here of one of us as a group that's ascending in the journey of becoming and the other in fear of saying that we're not going to become something good and nihilism are divesting themselves of their energy and falling. I mean, there's only one way that ultimately can go, but they're trying to make us all die with them. Well, I, I think it's... So, 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 sorry, go on, Laser. Well, I, I think that... Um, if you look into like China, you see actually the way that they structure this is two tiers. There's a surf class and then there's a very small um, set of, of uh, capitalists. Well, it's probably more accurate to say cronious because they enjoy forever monopolies defended and awarded by the state. Um, and so the surf class is the one that loses autonomy. And, and so I think it's safe to say that the Great Reset is proposed to submit a large percentage of us into the surf class and, and to um, uh, seed our, our individual autonomy. But of course, where central planning and the Great Reset attempts to dissolve the individual, Bitcoin is cementing it. It's, it's yes. making it permanent, that autonomy that we all have naturally. Yeah, that, that juxtaposition is so fucking crucial. And it's again, like I'm just going to literally reread what I just said earlier. And it says, it should come as no surprise that the creation and proliferation of the ultimate tool of personal sovereignty is happening alongside the rise of the, of the ultimate collectivist techno dystopia. Like this, this is the fucking nexus point. Like it's so, 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 so important. Um, I want to, earlier I said I was going to play a little bit of devil's advocate. So I just want to ask two questions uh, in there. Um, in here to, to kind of lead us in a particular direction because I want to want to make a, a point about the the longer term cycle. So, Lazy, you, you before were talking about like um, you know this engineered uh, shitstorm, and you know I I've studied you know complexity theory for a little while, and and one thing I understand is that complex systems are impossible to engineer. You know, and and this is why I've never bought into you know conspiracy theories in general because they just you, you can't engineer them. Um, so, so I guess my question there is like, what does one have to gain from uh, engineering such a shitstorm and turning uh, humans into bugs effectively or into insects? Like, can, can you talk through that a little bit? Well, you can't, you can't um, manifest a complex system. You're right about that. But you can engineer a feedback loop. You can create a recursive function that gets louder mm-hmm. and, and has this sort of unending um, signal that uh, uh, overloads people. And I, and I think mm-hmm, that's what mm-hmm. we're living through. And so what would you have to gain? Um, if you know that your monopoly on time theft is ending because of these cycles, you have two choices. You either allow for um, a natural uh, crisis and then, allow, and then hope that whatever merges is good for you, or you execute a controlled demolition in such a way that gives you a leg up so that you can own the narrative of the next um, uh, cycle of society, right? Because if it's your narrative, you maintain um, uh, control over uh, um, time theft and, and are able to continue to steer society. And so 
I think that's what we're seeing. I think we're seeing them get a little greedy, a little messy, a little sloppy. And, and for all those reasons, we're able to reverse engineer and, and talk plainly about what's happening. We're able to get the signal out. And so, yeah. 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 Okay. So, so, so to that point about like them being sloppy and everything. So, so this is where I would agree with you. Like you can't um, engineer a complex system, but you can uh, create uh, feedback loops. Um, now I, I always err then to the side of, okay, you know, some form of conspiracy. I mean, to conspire means, you know, to, to plan and to execute some sort of plan. Um, that is always happening. Like every, you know, every entity, whether it's an individual, whether it's a corporation, whether it's a state, whatever the case is, is always conspiring to extend or to increase the probability of its own existence, right? So if you are a fake elitist that has, um, you know, a privileged position of sorts and wants to keep it, you may attempt to um, engineer something uh, in a system that is complex. And you may, through your hubris, go ahead and do something. But then the wheels very, very quickly start fucking falling off the damn thing. Because when you create uh, a feedback loop in a complex system, what happens is it triggers other fucking feedback loops, which you have no capacity to either predict nor control. And shit starts to get fucking out of control very quickly. And, and the question then sort of becomes like, okay, so, so when did the first attempt to, you know, introduce a feedback loop into a complex system, you know, occur, you know, is, is this sort of the natural ramification of 1971? Is it the natural ramification of fucking uh, 1776? Is it the natural ramification of the fall of Rome? Like, like, so how much of this is just, um, you know, random madness of crowds effectively combined with attempts to, uh, engineer certain things um, but when engineering certain things they just they 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 deform into monsters that are uncontrollable anyway because that's just the nature of complex systems kind of to, to what Michael was saying earlier and where I said that's the cobra effect in action is you know they sort of push this button thinking it's going to do this and then a bunch of other things fucking go out of control and they're like oh whoops didn't plan for that one well of course you didn't plan for it because you fucking can't so, so what, what's your thoughts on that Anyone? Mark, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, so, yeah, I was just going to say that, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, I think, is it Rome? Is it, is it 1776? Is it, is it um, 1971? I mean, it's all the above and more, right? I mean, hmm. the, the, the thing is, um, I think Laser actually just like laid it out perfectly as, as far as I see it as well. Um, and again, this is why I think it will fail because it is, it is to your point, it's a preposterous attempt right but but they but they really feel like they have no other choice because in my opinion if they could just keep the 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 you know central bankers right the wef the people with real power and wealth in this world if they could keep this system going into the foreseeable future i actually think they would i, I don't think that there's any reason that they would want to stop this gravy train i think it's 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 worked out really not. well Right. Yeah, but 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 it's it's actually impossible to do so because it comes time to pay the piper. Exactly. Exactly. That that this is my my point. Yes. My point exactly. is like all of these all of these creepy weird AI all these all these crazy plans. I don't actually think it was always this plan. Like, oh, we're going to turn humans into robots in a thousand years from now. No, I mean, what I think is they've had a great gravy train. 
They know it's a scam, right? It's been going on for decades, if not longer. And, and they understand though, because again, they understand cycles like we understand cycles. It's not a secret um, that it's ending, you know, to your point that they, they, these things end. And so therefore they have to come up with an even more aggressive control system to, to in an attempt to manage the cycle. Right to to attempt to manage a cycle and be on top with even more power on the other side, and to me, I think that's just I, I think that's a doomed to fail uh, strategy. But I think that's what's happening. I think it's just it's just a it's not it's not that this gravy train hasn't been working. It's as you say, it's just it's it's at the end of its life, and so yeah. they're trying to just just manage the cycle so that they're on top again with their progeny, right? I mean, they, they don't want a meritocracy. They don't want, as you say, natural elites to rise up, which is already happening organically. They, they don't want any of that. So that's, that's, yep. what I, that's what I think is going on. So it's a little conspiracy. It's also desperation. It's human nature. It's a lot of, it's a lot of stuff. I would, um, uh, I would did, add on. Did you have anything to that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just want to say, I mean, just kind of what was already said, which is like, it's just this natural progression. And so uh, man, humans have always just had this natural progression for more power, more control. And the cycles are, you know, the rest of the population pushing back and then it just kind of ebbs and flows back and forth. But I wanted to go back to kind of the, the kind of the first question you proposed, um, Alex, which was kind of like, what's their plan? So like, uh, we can all see that like, this won't work. Like we understand that for progress, we need to have individualism seeing different problems coming up with different solutions and inventing different things so like what if we were all bees and there was no creativity who is going to design the starlink so they can have internet in the middle of the friggin ocean like don't mm. they still want the newest jet or the newest yacht like don't they still want nice resorts like so like uh, you would think that they could see that turning everybody into worker bees is going to greatly reduce the amount of progress that the world has and basically push them back into the dark ages. And it's hard to imagine that that's what they would want. Well, I think the moonshot, okay. the moonshot is that um, there is such a stars aligned moment with technology that maybe what is possible is to lean on AI and machine learning and robotics from this point forward. Maybe that is where the next gains are going to come from. And so um, let's, let's get, you know, the population in order, make them orderly, right? So that we have an ability to centrally plan and and um, we'll figure out the rest after, right? Because the alternative is to simply, you know, I, I hate to take the point of view of, of the, um, uh, the proprietors of the long cycle or, the, or, or, you know, the source from which the Cantillon effect flows. But um, if you are in the driver's seat and you're steering society and you see these cycles coming to an end, um, it's either controlled chaos or uncontrolled chaos. And, and from your point of view, you're like, you know, you imagine yourself as um, the, the caretaker of the narratives of society, the caretaker of this order that we all live in. And so you have tasked yourself, well, what are we going to do when the wheels come off, when, when, all, when the large debt cycle turns over, when the sovereign uh, debt crisis comes to a front, what do we do? And, and so it's either creative destruction, something like a Bitcoin emerging, or it's destructive creation, right? We destroy it in a, in a particular way, and then we inject what's next. Yeah, see, see I don't know. I, I, I find it hard, like, 
the idea of someone in the driver's seat, like driving things along is where I kind of, um, I guess, veer off. Cause I just don't feel like there's anyone in the driver's seat. I feel like this is a, you know, the, the, the world and humans are a, are a driverless car. Um, and it's out of fucking control. And there is, there is competing parties, you know, competing entities all wanting to vie for some level of control and they've all cross infiltrated each other. Um, and it's, it's not like, I, I find it hard to believe that there's a, there's a, there's a cabal of lizards uh, behind, you know, a red so, fucking. So I think of it like, I think of it, Alex, like a, um, like a flock of birds. Um, the birds don't sit around and make a plan and okay, mm. we're all going to go. Mm. Right. They just start flying together and they all just kind of move in unison. And it's like almost yeah. like these leaders, they're all just kind of moving in like, oh, there's this new tool. We can try this. And oh, they're doing this. Let's do that. Um, and they're all kind of moving together like flocks of birds, but not sitting down with a master plan. Yeah, I love that, yes. Mark. It's, it's, it's not a cabal. It's better to think of it as a cartel. It's basically um, an industry that is the longest monopoly ever where they have very strong incentives to, for continuation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. So, so that, so, so then that ties back into um, the, the original thing, which is, you know, it, it's not, it's not as much um, a plan thing, you know, for some sort of long-term dominance or supremacy, you know, I, I would argue that it's some sort of, you know, attempt to like, see, see the, the way birds work is exactly that, that there is no plan of like, we're going to go from here to there and we're going to make these fucking turns at these points. Like they move with the weather um, and as it happens. So because, um, you know, the, the, the core incentives are skewed, this is actually the natural progression. So this was going to be my next question is like, you know, I, I was asked a little while ago and I think it was on the, the clubhouse that I did where um, fucking old mate gauge theory came on. And, you know, someone asked me, is like, you know, is Bitcoin inevitable? Like, and they were asking the question is like, in terms of, you know, is Bitcoin going to win in the end? And I misunderstood. I was like, you know what? Yeah, Bitcoin was inevitable. Well, like a sentient species has to discover uh, energy money. But so I answered it in a different way. So, so I guess my question here is like, would this, would where we are right now not just be the perfectly natural outcome of a group of humans whose actions are no longer tethered to reality? Like, is it not the pathway a sentient species must go through in order to reach something like the discovery of energy money? You know, what is Bitcoin? So, so like, if, if you untether all human action from the, the consequences of economic reality um, is, is it is it a surprise to anyone that you've got this flock of fucking birds flying around without a fucking head um, trying to take advantage of whatever new shiny fucking technology there is to try and bring the thing that they're trying to like uh, be stewards of under some sort of attempt attempted control um, so that they can validate a part of their existence as a central banker, as a central planner, as a government bureaucrat, as a whatever, right? And, and when you start to layer the, the complexity of that across the different layers of society and across the different, you know, levels of control, you do have this flock of maniacal birds. But it seems to me that 
this is sort of the natural outcome when that decision-making process is, again, it's not tethered to uh, economic reality, which I'm sure you guys can see where I'm going to go with this in the end of how Bitcoin fixes this. Uh, so, any notes on that? I'll try to take it. And then I actually, unfortunately, I have to hop, <laughs> but, but I, I could do this for hours, of course. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just go back to what I was saying earlier, which is there, see, where, where, I, where I may be a little bit different from you is there, there are clearly, when you have central banking and you have the Federal Reserve um, with, that kind, with the kind of power that we all know it has, I mean, if you were given the power that, let's say, the central, the Federal Reserve has, couldn't you steer society in almost any way you wanted? It wouldn't be difficult. I know I could. Um, so this, this incredible amount of power, right? It's, it, to me, I guess it's not even about economic reality to them, right? It's just, it's just this massive, incredible level of power that they have that certain players have, um, and then players that are close to the printing press have. And this, of course, this desire, this very natural human desire to never want to give it up, to never, to not stop, right? I mean, Hitler goes into, invades Russia in the middle of winter, right? Gets and gets turned back. I mean, whenever, whenever you have somebody who's trying to conquer the world throughout history, um, and they get really far, they don't stop, right? I mean, there's no, there's no, oh, I've ha I have an, I've had enough now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna retire quietly to my farm. I mean, once you're in that kind of position, you, you don't, you don't stop. And so to me, that's really the explanation of what is going on here. You have, you have a, actually a deeply, as you say, not natural elite, but a very deep, deeply insecure, fearful, but extremely powerful archetype of human that is currently directing um, the resources, the energy of the planet via central banking and other things, other, other you know, levers that they have. And th they, don't wanna, they don't want that to stop. And it clearly is in the process of ending. And so to me, I do think it's a very conscious, um, I do think it's a very conscious play. I think there is a conscious play to maintain that power um, that they have or expand it. In some and they, they shifted the gears in 1971 into the fiat era. And, and by their own words, that's going to at least last until 2030. But a bunch of things need to happen for us to have continuity into the next chapter of society. And the question is, is there another chapter of the fiat era or does it end? Is it 1971 to 2030? And can they actually stop um, what appears to be this, this uh, mass, peaceful, decentralized uh, revolution, this emergence of this Bitcoin society? Can they stop? And I think the onus is on, because I can't see how one would, even with that power, even with the power of time theft, the power of controlling narratives, I still can't imagine how you can stop it. Well, the problem yeah, I, with the power of time theft, the problem with the power of time theft is you actually erode your own base that, you know, so, so, so what you do is you actually rug pull yourself. It's impossible to perpetually, to, it, like perpetual motion uh, machines don't exist for a reason because they don't fucking work. So, so you, you, you create a model <laughs> for time theft. So what you end up yeah. doing is you actually erode your, your, um, product, your productive base and you erode it to the point where you have nothing left to thieve anymore and you fucking land flat on your face. So, so it doesn't matter how much power they have. They're on a diminishing, um, a form of diminishing returns anyway. So, so irrespective, it doesn't fucking work. 
so so anyway yeah just i want to emphasize that too i mean because they're inherently weak they're inherently weak because this disconnection from reality is on purpose they've disconnected from economic reality of you gain power by producing value in the world that way they can rent seek and extract value from the world without producing or adding value right so Mm -hmm. They are inherently, by the nature of who they're choosing to be, disintegrated. They're not integrated with reality where they are adding value. They're stealing value. And they're fractionating the world in order to maintain that place to do so, which is fighting against the natural impetus of truth and reality itself. So they're trying to put this pressure cooker on to lock it into this place of tension with finality using this great reset transition. But I just don't think they can pull it off. It's trying to lock into permanence a weak, disintegrated position, which is impossible. You can't violate natural law and have it succeed. Yeah, correct. You can't. Again, it's yeah. literally, it's, it's Icarus. It's the story of Icarus every single fucking time. I'm going to fly to the sun and I'm going to put yep. it with my wax wings, right? So that is the perpetual motion machine. It's the Icarus wings. It's the fucking and that's, time theft central and planets. And that's why this is, that's why at the end of the day, this is the message of hope because- uh, we know that this doesn't work. I mean, there's just no way this can work. It, perpetual motion isn't going to work. And um, it's already crumbling, right? They're doing whatever they can to hold on to it. Um, left under their own devices, it just fails. It already is. Um, it's failing horribly at this point. And they're going to try to reset the game to keep it going a little bit longer. Um, but now they have a big opposition that they're going against. And so that is going to just accelerate their demise, I think. Yeah. Well, the way I kind of view it is that the, the the game the game is a losing game you know when when you basically when you're trying to fly with Icarus's wings it's a losing game and then gravity catches up to you so you got this kind of the fact that um you know the the sun melts the wings then the reality of gravity catches up to you so so what right. what I see here is like Bitcoin is actually the sun that is uh, melting the wings such that reality catches up a hell of a lot quicker right so mm, so I like if, that. So, so there, there's an analogy for us. That's to really good. Use. Um, so, thank you, thank you. I think I'm gonna tweet, 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 tweet that. that so, tweet that. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what I was gonna also kind of just add one bit of um, I'm typing that shit now, so I remember for later. Um, but that's awesome. One thing I want to um emphasize here is like, and and I do this all the time. We all do it. Like we we kind of frame like a they, like there's, again, the, the they, someone pulling the strings and all this sort of stuff where what I, what I, what I might propose as a, as a potentially uh, useful reframe is we call it, instead of the, like this vague they, like we call it the idiots and the idiots, uh, anybody who falls under the category of uh, moron that thinks they can um, centrally plan uh, outcomes for a complex system. And what we can do in that sense is we can point to these idiots um, and say, because idiot A, idiot B, and idiot C believes they can do this and do it in a way that is not aligned with natural order, with natural law that is untethered to economic consequence, we get these deformed outcomes like stay at home, hide from the sun, eat fast food and watch Netflix (laughs) for your fucking health. Like that would be a logical fucking outcome if the idiot that was 
trying to you know make the mandates was untethered to economic reality and was not bound by um, you know natural law. So 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 that way there's that doesn't need to. So if we can describe what's happening today without the need for a conspiracy theory and purely on the basis of the natural outcome or the natural result of being untethered to you know something that you know delivers consequence very quickly which is what bitcoin does then i think we've got a much better chance of bringing over people and saying look there doesn't need to be a fucking conspiracy theory going this is just fucking perfectly normal for something that's just broken like if you if you drive a car with three wheels don't ex- don't expect to fucking not crash that's what's going to happen and bitcoin is the wake up call it's the reality of gravity it is it's the sunlight it's the fucking the burn off the damn wings. I love that. You know, I think they're just going to serve to accelerate. They will be one of the columns um, that actually propel this decentralized revolution. It's, it's, it's this movement with no center. It's unstoppable. And I think you have Bitcoin as one um source of fuel that's driving it but you also you know you also have this great reset as another source of fuel that's waking people up making people realize you know i need to opt out of this at every layer in my life and learn from bitcoin in the way that bitcoin brings um this asymmetric defense to your money well can i bring that asymmetric defense to, to my communications with my loved ones to my social networks to how i operate my life um, and, and I think that that, that kind of um, balkanization effect that happens as these strong men who are choosing Bitcoin, who are choosing to opt out of this, that's what brings us forward. And, and so for that reason, I'm full of excitement despite, despite the, you know, the shape of this thing and, and, and what it looks like from some angles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, I... to go back to the C.S. Lewis thing, about the natural elite versus the manufactured fake elite. He has this statement that's really cool where he defines a natural elite of those who do well everything that's in front of them so they naturally become incredible at it. It's just a mastery of the web style of building well with your hands what you're touching and not caring about trying to be a part of the inner circle. And it's funny because like Svetsky's saying, the idiots, the idiots are people that have gotten to their position by pandering. They've not mm-hmm. gotten in their position by being competent. So the real elite, those who are actually just plebs being competent of doing well what they're putting their hands to with humility, they look like fools. I mean, they're trying to ascend to be God, making the base mistake that Satan made at the beginning. Like, I'm going to take God's role, but no, you, you fucking can't. You can't control all this bullshit. Versus us, yeah. of Bitcoiners, we're becoming the natural elite by taking the humble path of being the pleb of learning to do well, whatever simple thing we touch, and we all recognize each other when we see it. That's something that the manufactured elite can never attain to because it takes work. They're not willing to put in the work and they can't sustain the tension of living in a world trying to compete with those who with authenticity are doing the work while they're not doing it. Yeah. And kind of you you made the point earlier, Joel, I mean, just kind of go back to like natural law. So 
you know, just like Icarus with the, with the law of gravity at the end of the day, right. It, it's gonna, he's going to have to um, submit to that. Uh, we also have natural law. So the law of sowing and reaping, right. You have to produce before you consume, right. Uh, meritocracy. And so you have this elitism, this wealthy elitism to your point, Joel, like they've got to the point they've gotten just off of pandering to um, the masses with their money printer. But at the end of the day, that doesn't last, right. They have to be able to produce, they have to be good at what they're, what they're doing. And so, um, yeah, just another way that it's broken and just kind of uh, seals their fate in a way. Yeah, they've descended into the foolishness of not just pandering to the masses, but they've become convinced that it's their right to have this position of extraction and that mm. they have authority inherent to themselves of mm, these mm. idiots who are this flock of birds, where if they pander to each other enough, they can grant to each other this position of this Tower of Babel thing where they have control over humanity as gods not realizing that the sovereign individual is where the real power lies and that those of us putting in the work are the ones that choose, not them who are faking it. Yeah, but the and pendulum it is swinging. Yeah. The pendulum, the pendulum is, swinging is swinging towards decentralization, away from centralization, and they think they can stop it, and I don't think they will. I think we'll look back and see the fiat of 1971. It will swing back. The, the, the story is playing out that way um, of the Kondratiev cycles, the technological cycles where he, you see Bitcoin coming. You see these decentralized communication networks like Matrix and Element, Urbit coming. You see that despite everything that they can do to try and stop this, that a certain percentage of society is merely saying, you know what? No, never mind. We'll go build something else. We'll go do something else. And, and, and so, you know, even if there's a large group of society of soys that they can herd into this thing, um, it ends up, it ends up losing to Bitcoin. Well, the, again, the masses don't matter. Like that's uh, so, you know, and apologize. Well, actually, I don't apologize to anyone. Fuck you. Um, if you're hurt by that, you can go <laughs> fuck yourself. Um, the, the masses just don't fucking matter. And, and I, I don't know, like I'm reading um, Isaiah's job recently just reinforced that for me. Exactly. It's the remnant. So, so like, I, and I mean, I, it's funny. Before I even read that, I just had an intuition for that. I actually wrote a piece two years ago called In, um, in Support of the Elite. And I went in there and I rephrased, like I said, you know, the word elite has been co-opted by parasites. And I said, I want to make a different, uh, I want to make a strong delineation between what it is to be elite and what it is to be a parasite. And then I made examples of elites, people like Alexander the Great or people like, um, you know, Usain Bolt um, or people like Roger Federer, like, you know, that, that they're fucking elites, people who are the best at what they do. Whereas, you know, people like, you know, uh, Biden, <laughs> They're not fucking elite. Like that is the furthest thing <laughs> I could think of when I think of the word elite. You know, he's a fucking decrepit old retard. Like that, that is not, that, that doesn't, isn't anything. And, and I kind of, me and Jimmy had a, uh, Jimmy Song had a discussion about this because he always talks about elitists. I'm like, man, can we please like stop framing them as elite because they're, they're fundamentally not. Like they, they don't, they're, they're parasites. There's a big difference. Um, so, so yes, it's, it's the remnant that, uh, matters and we're the ones who actually um, make the difference. I wanted to quickly transition us into kind of the second piece, but before we do that, um, I wanted to just sort of talk about Mark's point earlier about like this being such a pivotal nexus point. And, and I'm sure, you know, everyone sort of 
familiar with like you know type zero type one type two civilization kind of things and the idea of the great filter right is like you know why do we not see more aliens you know do, do what happens that maybe they blow themselves up in some way shape or form like you know many species many, many sentient species could potentially be out there had they got through the great filter and for me I've been writing a piece for a while called Bitcoin and the Great Filter, and I've got to I've got to finish it at some point. But the premise of it is this idea that Bitcoin is like the, the discovery of energy money is what enables a sentient species to move beyond the Great Filter, and it's a race to do that um, before the sentient species becomes technologically uh, capable enough to blow itself up, and before a random fucking asteroid uh, runs into the damn earth that they're on, right? Um, the only way to stop either of the two is to, you know, to discover uh, energy money, to discover perfect money, which ties all of human action to immediate consequence. So, so that way, corrective behavior is a function, or sorry, correction to behavior is a natural function of the system. Because at the moment, we don't have that. Like, we don't, we don't have a corrective mechanism because we've moved we've removed the pain sensor from society. And, you know, he, here we are putting our hand on the fucking stove and our whole entire arm is burnt off, but we haven't felt it yet because we removed the pain sensor by uh, printing fucking money um, blindless, uh, mindlessly. So for me, I, I kind of see Bitcoin as like the thing, like without a sentient species discovering energy money, it blows itself up it turns itself into a gulag or it's technologically incapable of potentially diverting an asteroid that might come and hit the planet, right? So with the discovery of energy money and rooting uh, all action to economic consequence, what happens is it drives us forward. Like it, it is a new chapter uh, in civilization and that gives us the capacity to not only avoid building our own gulags, but to leverage and harness technology in such a way that we could potentially um you know build a massive baseball bat and you know hit the um hit the asteroid that's coming you know to another um to another galaxy so so i just wanted to just mention that because i i, I think people underestimate how big bitcoin is and i think it's the biggest thing like in bitcoin times edition four my piece is going to be called uh fire bitcoin teleportation as kind of the three things that um a sentient species like humans um, will look back and see as the greatest discoveries ever so any thoughts or comments on that if what you're saying is true and what is needed for us as a species to evolve to the next phase of civilization is to overcome soft money mm -hmm. um to to lean into an energy to discover an energy money and, and mm -hmm. allow it to succeed, then if that's true, then these cycles that Mark and I talk about, we are far too zoomed in. <laughs> and and yes. what Michael yes. is mentioning, which is to say it might be a greater civilizational cycle that on the order of thousands of years is, is possible, right? Because yes. you know what we're doing is we're canvassing history and we're saying, wow, there are, there are cycles, there are these, um, Neil Howe generational cycles and, and these technological K-wave cycles and, and there's empire cycles and yep, all why are they all pointing to this pivotal point? 
And why does it feel like it's this bad, this great battle between centralization and decentralization with the great reset on one end, Bitcoin on the other end? Um, why does it feel like these next eight years are going to be the most consequential years of the next several thousand years? Um, I, I don't think I'm alone in, in that sensation, that feeling that what we're living through is that important. It, it really is. And yeah, to your point, like, you, I mean, I, I love the work that you guys do and the cycles are important, but I think it's way more zoomed out. I think this is so fucking big that none of us can truly appreciate the magnitude. And just also a note, um, fuck Neil Howe and fuck his cycles. I don't like the fourth turning. I think he's a fucking homo. So anyway, that's just my two cents. Well, an observation of the fourth turning is that, um, well, the Kondraty of cycles, these 50 some odd year tech cycles emerged as a result of central banking. It didn't exist before mm -hmm. that. And the Soviet scientists mm -hmm. that observed them brought his research to Stalin and said, look, that these, these K-wave cycles exist and um, they didn't exist before uh, central banking. And, and, Stalin, and, and so he basically saw the man behind the curtain, so to speak. He saw that mm -hmm. the debt cycles were and and the woe that society went through as a result was because of manipulation of money. And Stalin sent him to the gulags, had him killed. Mm -hmm. And what's mm -hmm. funny is, um, as far as I can tell, the generational cycles, you know, the weak men create hard times, hard times create strong men, strong men create good mm -hmm. times, good times create weak men. That seems to be downstream of the K-wave cycles. So you could mm -hmm, actually mm -hmm, look at mm -hmm. this together and say, it's not good times that create weak men, it's central banking that creates weak men. Um, because that, that generational theory is inside of the K-wave theory, which is a result, a direct result of central banking. Yes. I would, I would argue that a little different, Laser, of why it downstream of those cycles. It's like they're trying to fabricate the logos in a synthetic manner. What, what I mean by that, so Savetsky, I would reframe what you just said from a different worldview that I bring to things. And that's that we as humanity are created beings. So that's part of my belief. I don't care whether you guys agree with me or not. But in that <laughs> worldview, what I believe is that God created through speech. So logos is the word that defines all this, but I have to kind of elaborate on what that means. So Logos is spoken word integrated with power to such an extent that the integration becomes manifest into life itself and creation, okay? So if you think about energy money, energy money is taking your first human technology, a speech of being able to communicate across time and space, and then money is kind of further iteration of that because money integrates speech with energy of this is the person who desires this and these are the people in the distributed marketplace who are most suited to efficiently meet those desires. And Bitcoin fuses those together in a way that actually grounds it to natural law. So it gets us close to this natural logos that original creation stemmed from of speech integrated with power so that will could become manifest into actuality. So the central banking cycle it truly, I just keep coming back to this framing. It's an attempt to play God. You're trying to manufacture a fake logos of a fake power of speech versus this energy money that's integrated into reality itself that's authentic logos. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. And it's, it's, you know, money is a type of speech. 
and speech is, is despite what speech. is being despite what's Sorry, been God. hammered to us speech is not violence and saving is not violence and of course it would be framed that way of course that's how you would frame it um if if you had a monopoly on money printing um because if people realized that saving was a right that speech was a right then it would only serve to disenfranchise the parasitism of rent seeking well i would i would even go further than calling them rights i would just call them you know natural like you know because because a right a right implies someone else's responsibility which is a little bit you know like you know saving is something that we all naturally do you know what i mean like we you know if we whether it's when i was young i used to save my stupid pokemon cards or my dragon ball z cards or my wrestling pictures um you know like we we all we all do that naturally like you know we we collect things we save things you know human beings are like that so less maybe all right more more just a a natural thing that we uh do and when when we build an edifice that disincentivizes natural behavior, we start to get weird outcomes. And some of those weird outcomes are, you know, men who think they're women that have their um, baby sucking on their man boob and wondering why there's no fucking milk coming out. Like that is a, I'm sure we could draw a really nice uh, direct causation from the fact that uh, savings has been completely disincentivized. Well, sure. I mean, without if, if you can compromise the foundational ability of families to store their time, then you can really hack away at, at what makes a family a family. And um, that manifests in all type of ways. Um, it, it manifests in, in a general weakening of the citizenry such that we do kind of lean towards the state right? Because we have forgotten that, um, that, well, life could be simple, right? It could be as simple as um, learning a skill, producing value for the world, and then storing your time and effort in a hard money. And, and that's how it should be. But we've been so far removed from that, that what has taken its place has meant as, as many games, societal games that you play in lieu of producing value exactly exactly it's it's again because we're untethered to consequence like one of the one of the most important things that bitcoin will bring to, or the and again i just don't want to i don't even want to kind of just say bitcoin because people think oh, yeah, it's just bitcoin it's like what the discovery of an energy money by sentient species will do for the sentient species it will reintroduce consequence to decision making such that when you make poor decisions you actually burn yourself on the stove when you make good decisions they have the opportunity to compound that is so fundamentally fucking base level important that i can't even stress it um enough like and and this is again people underestimate how much of an impact that will have because that is the very basis everything and anything that happens in the world is when I make a decision, do I have, do I have feedback? Like, do I know whether I made the right decision or not? If I cannot fucking, if I, if I'm unclear on that, 
I will continue to make poor decisions. When you compound that across 7 billion fucking people, you have exactly what we have in the world today. Yeah, yeah you, allow the market, you allow the market to learn again. And if you think of the human Correct. population as a large, a large decentralized computer market. that's processing yes. the lessons of entrepreneurship, then we've effectively stunted that program. And it's amazing that we've had the innovation that we've had. Now imagine if you allow the market to learn, you allow our species, which is a, a processing unit for, uh, for innovation, if you allow those learnings to quickly enter back into the function of producing value. And that's the key point, quick enough that the consequences and the feedback actually is something you can learn from on a short exactly. enough time scale for individual people. Exactly. This, exactly. this is where you get into, does, does, does the shift into this next phase, does that eliminate the cycles? Because the cycles exist because central banking is able to um, put off the learning until these, these uh, in-between in moments. And so one might argue that this is the last cycle. 2030 is Thank the, you. the last time that we will have these cycles because the cycles are downstream of money manipulation. The cycle will absolutely fucking transform into something else. Like this is, this is the, this is why I think like we all underestimate how big this fucking Bitcoin as a transformation really, really is because it does away with all of this shit. So, so, and even beyond what you just said about cycles and central banking, the the cycle actually goes beyond central banking. I think central banking is just a, a subset of a species that has been evolving for thousands of years that has been attempting to discover a better form of money because it was actually impossible for us to discover energy money 50 years ago. It was impossible for us to do it a couple hundred years ago. It was definitely impossible for us to do it 2000 years ago. Like it didn't, there was no mechanism or means via which to do so. So I would argue that central banking was also a perfectly natural, and I know it's going to trigger some people, but it was a perfectly natural outcome on the path to discovering Bitcoin. It had to fucking happen. We had to tinker with the, the mechanism via which we measure human action, the mechanism via which we measure energy, time, and resources. That, that is what, so, so money is the most important fucking thing. And when we discover energy money, and when, we, when, when enough of society, when enough of the remnant moves over to it, we actually completely move into a different type of world where these other cycles, like these short-term cycles, they fucking disappear for sure. You know, these Kondratiev cycles, the technological cycles, they shorten and they transform into something else. Like all of, like it's all bets are off with the, um, with Bitcoin winning. Like that's how fucking massive I think this thing is. It's funny that you mentioned central banking as a necessary um, phase or a necessary chapter. And when you consider that in, in, in through the lens of the Kondratiev cycle, cycles, which does have an oscillating pendulum between centralization and decentralization, then it, it makes sense that we would, basically the pendulum is going back and forth on our way to this evolutionary mm -hmm. moment with energy moment. Mm -hmm. And so it, you know, it makes total sense that we would have a chapter of centralization that we're wrapping up right now. And, and yeah. that is manifest in central banking. Absolutely. Absolutely. So don't hate Klaus too much. He's just a he's a product of his um, he's a product of his environment. Hey, um, Mark is trying to join. Do you see a pending? Please accept me to let Mr. Mawson. Oh, yeah. Okay. What's the welcome then? 
Oh, damn it. He missed all the good stuff. So while, while you're putting it back in, an, another powerful yeah. facet of energy money is that liars, after they lie over long enough time periods, almost always end up believing their own lie. I think that's where the stuff that you were describing fits, give this absolute disconnection of reality comes from. Of They've lied for so long, they've kind of have even convinced themselves that it's their right to better name reality itself as if they are God, because they've tried to yeah. ascend to a place that isn't theirs. Having an energy yeah. money like this will keep us in the pleb role of do well what you have your hands to, and that's the role we should be filling. Absolutely. It's like, it's like a bunch of fat people running around saying, I identify as a skinny person. That's literally what is happening at the fucking central planning level is a bunch of motherfuckers lying to themselves, lying to everyone else because they've been taught that, you know, that they can, you know, if, if you lie hard enough and if you close your eyes fucking hard enough, you won't realize that you're flying right into the side of a fucking cliff, but it's okay because if you just change this variable in the equation here, it'll make it look like it's okay. Um, and that's so, what these idiots are doing. Something that's very interesting about the Bitcoin era that we're hurtling towards is that all of these Malthusian um, spells, um, and, and again, Malthusianism is this idea that we have crossed this threshold in terms of population on the earth. We're spoiling nature. We're gonna, we're gonna go to this place where we can't recover from it um, and, and so a lot of these um, globalist central planning um, narratives flow from that, right? So COVID, climate change, um, they all have the same themes and they flow from that place. The, there's an interesting thing about what the Bitcoin era will do in terms of um, not shielding people from their own mistakes and that it, it, it might actually solve the population issue that Mal Malthusians are um, always being so hysterical about in the sense that um, as, a, as a family unit, you need to produce value or perish, so to speak. Meaning if you want progeny, you want to continue, you want a strong family line, you're going to need to produce value for the world. And there's not a, um, a mechanism that's going to be able to shield you from that. Fuck, I was on mute. Yeah, 100%, 100%. So like, all of like th this again it's fix the money fix the world is actually i'm starting to think now just a light version of fix the money fucking fix you know the the next million years of humanity like honestly th this is so 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 fundamentally important that it it i don't know like all of the things that we know of um that we view as problems through, you know, cyclical lens, through all of this sort of stuff that we've attempted to try and turn into um, ways in which we can, uh, I guess, rationalize the, the broken elements of society, all fucking go out the window when energy money is able to make quick feedback loops of poor behavior and correct them whilst compounding good behavior like man i don't we have no fucking idea how quickly that could transform society it transforms everything yeah to frame that svetsky you you were talking earlier about it's not good versus evil you're trying to frame it as something other than that looking at this from this lens of energy money it's almost like 
you have one group of people that desire to be grounded in natural law and reality itself. And you have another mm-hmm. group of people that desire to be ungrounded from that, to have their will, no matter what natural law says. So you mm-hmm. have a group of truth speakers and a group of liars. It's lies versus mm-hmm. truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, one could, uh, yeah, so, so that could be viewed through the lens of good and evil, but I, I would then potentially just to play devil's advocate for the, for the guys who are the liars is that they might argue or they might believe that their lies are real um, or that they might believe that they're, um, that they like, they, they might even not know that they're lying. Like imagine being brought up through that kind of education and you actually think like, you know, that, that retard Greta, like, I mean, I don't, I think, I don't know what to think about that, but you know, that, that creature might actually believe that uh, what it is saying is um, somehow for, for some sort of greater good. So, so that there might be an argument for that. Like, so, so the problem, I guess, is we, we might lose um, points in the argument if we frame them as evil, but we might win points if we frame them as flawed um, and in their flawed attempt to produce good um, or in their flawed attempt to create a utopia, they, you know, unbeknownst to them you know they create a dystopia and i feel like i would uh i I would argue i would unpack that just a little bit more though so i mean you 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 call you know the battle of good and evil you call evil because they lie but some people may not be lying because they really believe it but i think it goes beyond just lying right so like uh the fiat money system is 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 a system built on theft and lies okay maybe they don't believe lies but also deceit and they they're 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 thieving and they're deceiving, and and uh, whether they believe it or not, those things I think are are uh, factual, right? So they're uh, obviously with inflation, they're thieving, right? They're stealing value, right? They're stealing time, uh, but also they're deceiving, right? So uh, how many dollars are there? You know, when was the Fed audited? How many dollars will be be, be in the next few months? Um, will they raise rates? Will they start tapering? And so uh, maybe the lying they believe, but the theft and deceit is there, and um, that's evil. And I think, um, you know, I suppose you could, uh, I, I guess maybe some people don't believe in good and evil, but I mean, if you really take the time to go back and study, you know, where a lot of this had originated with Marxism and whatnot, I think it looks pretty apparent. But anyway, I would just say it's more than just lies. Even if they believe the lies, there's theft and deceit, which is obviously evil. Yeah, of course. Of course. You don't, you don't need much. Like, here's the thing. In, in a broken thing, like, you know, in a broken car, you don't need a malicious driver to crash you could have a really good driver and you still crash the fucking car and i think that's sort of where we are is that you know there's definitely malicious actors there's definitely a bunch of evil retarded pieces of fucking shit out there that are like empty soulless fucking automaton scum and i'm to your point to uh, to mention it to the point earlier you mentioned the three wheel a car with three wheels um, so even if they have good intentions, when they're driving yeah, yeah. A, a broken system, they're still probably going to crash. That's it. Yeah, it's it's like I, I used an analogy a little while back, which is the train tracks. Like these idiots are fighting over who's driving the train, but the tracks are fucking laid directly off the damn cliff. So it's like, oh no, give me the fucking controls. No, give me the controls. No, you're a fucking idiot. Oh yeah, and then they're fucking all gone right off the edge of the fucking cliff. Whereas Bitcoin is like. Hey man, um, we're just gonna go out here and just build a new track that you know doesn't kind of lead us off the cliff. And they're like, "No, you cannot do that. You must stay on this train with us. We're all in this together." Um, so one of the ways, one of the ways that y- you might be able to see that the Malthusian um, uh, fears 
are unfounded is that uh, if they were true, you would imagine the things they would want society to do would be the things that would solve those things. But actually what you see mm -hmm. in, in, in reality is that they stifle the actual solutions to those proposed problems. And they're mm -hmm. putting forward these canned solutions that they're forcing down our, our throats. And so um, in the case of uh, COVID, you, you, know, you might point and say, well, if, if that was really a, a well-founded Malthusian um, fear that we should all, all uh, you know, get in this together and, and solve, then why, why isn't the world running to copy Sweden and roll out ivermectin? Just why don't you see that, yeah. right? Um, if uh, if um, climate change is, is really a well-founded Malthusian fear that we should all be um, uh, working together to solve, then why, you know, where is the rollout of all these, this nuclear technology? Where is it? Why are we going into this, um, being pushed into this, um, this unreliable, you know, almost like rationing tech of, of um, solar and, and wind? So, so the, you know, the, the actions don't match the words. You, you see the solutions they're putting forward, and they're not genuine in the face of the problems that we're all supposed to be heeding. And you can go for each one. And you know, if you if you think that racism is a well-founded Malthusian fear, we should all be doing everything. Then why is the solution being put forward looks a lot like a Marxist poison pill that destroys society from the inside out? Why is it not um, sort of Mar Mar you know, Martin Luther King style? You know, we are all the same. Let's all lift each other up and, and produce value for the world together, right? Why is it this um, this divide and conquer? So. Each one of these, it's almost like it's on full display that it is lying to see that it is disingenuous. I would add to add to that laser just to the sense that the Mathusian uh, uh, myth at this point, I believe, I mean, it's been disproven, right? I mean, the whole world operated on a, on a theory of peak energy, and that was disproven, you know, a decade ago. And now there's this Mathusian theory um, that the world is going to overpopulate and run out of resources, but the data shows the opposite. Uh, you know, in all the developed world, the birth rates are at what 1.4, 1.5, which is not enough to even continue on the race. At the same time, um, our food technology has exploded. Now, granted, you know, some of that's GMO and whatnot, but I mean, we have more food than we've ever made, and our populations are naturally declining, which is the exact opposite of what those Methusians had projected. So, um, to your point, Laser, I mean, they're they're almost doing the opposite, but at the same time, the data shows it's not even a risk anyway. And now all of a sudden, um, cyber terrorism, cyber threats, it's, it's, they've been <laughs> yeah. beating the drum on that. And so we're all supposed to be yeah. start, you know, getting very worried about ransomware and cyber, you know, uh, uh, some cyber pandemic. And so, you know, is that really pretext for a KYC everything internet? Or is that a genuine, is that a genuine thing that we should all be concerned about? And it, you know, from my point of view, it's more of the same. It's that same formula that all these yeah. kind of Malthusian fear spells have. It's the, hey, um, we're having a societal problem that flows beyond what your single nation state can manage. It's going to affect the whole world. Yeah. And so we yeah, all we need to, together. yeah, we all need to bind together, wipe out previous norms and just to some new normal because the old way can't be trusted anymore. We need to reestablish trust. And each one of these are the same. Um, uh, the COVID, climate, uh, racism, uh, the cyber pandemic, um, uh, at least those.
and and those are significant. Yeah. This is one of the most frustrating things about being a Bitcoiner is because so many of us care so deeply about the actual problems humanity is facing. And they're going on and hammering with this narrative about the problem that channels all the energy towards a direction that doesn't integrate to reality and actually solve it. And we're just sitting here trying to be like, guys, like your whole thesis here, it's disintegrated from the truth of how this Mm -hmm. works. It ain't Mm going to work no matter how much you go out there and preach about doing it this way. And we're just trying to get people to slow down and be like, look, there's natural law here. Go back to the pleb way of knowing that we're not God and that we have to submit to the way things work. But like that narrative keeps trying to capture these very problems we're trying to solve and drive us toward the thing that we know is causing these problems. It's just like complete upside down clown world. Imagine, imagine now if we had a way. So, so imagine this. Imagine if we had a way in which when, these, when the next idiot uh, comes up with a way to solve the climate disaster by building solar panels um, or whatever the fuck they're going to build and actually goes bankrupt because of the decision and cannot yeah. be bailed out, what would happen? Yeah. Well, guess what? That wouldn't fucking happen very many times. So again, this is like literally being, it's a perfect result of being untethered to economic reality. It always comes, it yep. flows back to that. That is literally upstream of everything. Yep. I look forward yeah, to it. The money, I'll buy his land money. and use it to build soil. And then I'll, I'll actually build a better climate that's capturing more sun energy to make caloric energy. Right, right. Exactly. Because you know, you know your future generation of your family is not going, to be le- not going to be able to lean on the state or on whatever position you've carved yourself out politically. You'll have to use the same land. You'll have to produce. Based, so you're, you're going to live or die based on the merit of your decisions. And are you thinking long term or are you not? Yeah, absolutely. Gentlemen, should we, anyone want to take on hope so that we can um, wrap this up? Because I think we've gone almost for two hours now. Um, And I don't know if anyone needs to leave or not, but I'm happy to sort of dive into the hope element of the discussion. I'll probably probably hang out for a few more minutes um, and I'll go ahead and jump on that one first. Um, I think as we've already discussed uh, many times uh, on this call specifically, uh, we talk about that uh, the 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 problems that they're trying to solve are not the right problems, as Joel made the case, or as Laser made the case that the the solutions to the problems are actually making the problems worse, not better. Uh, we talked about natural law, like uh, this cannot work, right? You have to produce before you consume, and so I think just. Uh, over and over and over, regardless of which angle direction we come at, uh, we realize that the walls are crumbling. And um, I think, uh, you know, Svesky's new tweet here about Icarus and, the, and, and, and Bitcoin being the sun is a perfect analogy of that, um, which is that we know this system can't work. Uh, we know that it ultimately ends. Uh, we know that um, the, the, everything they do is only sealing their own fate. Um, and then we have Bitcoin, right? Um, I used, uh, in, in, at Bitblock Boom on my presentation, the last slide, I used a quote from Nietzsche, which said, uh, that which is falling shall ye also push. And so Bitcoin is doing that pushing, so to speak. And so um, I believe uh, we have great hope on the other side of this. I'm kind of looking at like, uh, I know we've all heard the analogy, but like a Renaissance 2.0, uh, where the world had this explosion of information from the printing press and, and a sound money through the Florent. And we have that again with, uh, Michael made the point with the internet, right? We have that explosion of information that we're sharing. And now we have a sound money with Bitcoin. 
And I see this, this Renaissance 2.0 on the horizon. We need to clear out this creative destruction has to happen and destroy this old way, which is happening. It's already crumbling. Um, and I think we have, uh, you know, massive, massive, massive hope and prosperity on the other side. Um, and potentially um, in this cycle of always, you know, oppression um, revolution. And so, um, you know, I think in my time frame, I'm saying by the end of the decade, I believe we'll see the end of the nation state. Um, I think uh, we're seeing faster and faster as technology is progressing, the nation state is becoming less and less relevant. And almost the more they try to uh, crack down and protect their position, the more irrelevant they look. And that's only speeding up their demise. And so I think by the end of the decade, you know, getting from here to there is going to be tough. Uh, but uh, if we can survive it, uh, Bitcoin is providing that lifeboat. You know, Joel's working on ways that uh, we can have sustainable living, things like that. Um, and if we survive that, there's there's massive hope. And so, you know, for my kids and, and eventually my grandkids, uh, I think there's a better world. Laser, I would love to hear the kind of story of you coming to grips today with the situation in Australia and what that's done to kind of shift your mentality here. Well, let me give it in the form of a closing statement because I loved I loved Mark's sign off and, and I want to follow that up. So um, I had carried with me some hope that I was wrong for the last year. I, I was hoping that my thesis on how the Great Reset would emerge through the West um, was wrong. I was hoping that we weren't witnessing um, our governments importing the China system through the guise of COVID. And, um, the, you know, with Australia announcing that they're going to do KYC internet and basically you'll use government ID to log on to Facebook and Instagram, uh, you know, it, it basically killed uh, any hope that I was wrong about this thesis. It's, it's exactly um, what I had thought, which is, um, you know, the, the Chinese flavor of authoritarianism garbed in social justice being injected into the West through uh, COVID. Now, that being said, it's, it's actually a blessing to have no more doubts because it means that we can shed, you know, let burn off whatever weakness we have remaining so that we can um, become the hard men that we need to in order to bring about um, this decentralized um, peaceful revolution of non-compliance. And, and, and I, I really believe it's a revolution with no center. There's no generals. All that's happening is people are basically saying, enough, I have my unstoppable money. I'm going to have my unstoppable computing and unstoppable internet and unstoppable communications. And through the actions of many individuals, what will emerge is an unstoppable society. And the Bitcoin era, I believe, will start 2030. I think the fiat era uh, is 1971 to uh, 2030. And, um, and yeah, there's, there's a element of there'll be waves between now and then. And you can't fight the waves. You have to learn to surf. And I don't discount that that, that will be trying. And that takes being nimble and tough. But I think... Um, it's worth surfing these waves because what's on the other end is is truly grand in the sense that um, so much of our life up until now has been, uh, you know, um, s uh, filled up with observations at, um, you know, the loss of our own autonomy at, at the feet of the state. And so to actually enter into an era 
where that autonomy has been cemented, the autonomy of your family has been cemented. That to me is truly great. And so, um, you know, there's, there's moments where it's like you realize what's happening and it can be hard, but the reality is suffering is a huge gift. It's how you build yourself up. And, you know, there has all, all throughout history, folks went through these cycles and they did not have Bitcoin. They did not have the internet, right? So the fact that the signal can't be stopped anymore, that we could come together and do this call, that you could make an unstoppable trust network with your friends, that you can store your time and effort in a way that these despots cannot take it. That to me is the definition of hope. And so I think we should all be thrilled and excited, um, but we should have our, you know, we shouldn't have our blinders on. We should be frank and real about what's happening to us. So hit us with yours, buddy. Thank you, Laser. All right. I think I want to wrap it up with Bitcoin changes you. And that process is painful if you choose to fight it. So it, it, it exposes what you're hoping in. Like what you hope in is what you trust that gives you your security. <clears throat> so like, like justice is coming for us, whether we like it or not. It's like this, this reintegration to natural law where we've learned due to this fiat period of history that like liars get rewarded, that we get to lie to ourselves and that it's a good thing and we prosper from it. But that's coming to a reckoning where we're either going to, with this emergence of energy money as a facet of justice is now awakening, that we have to submit to that. And we submit to it either by choice or by suffering. And we have to take our hopes of what we trust as reality and take them away from the lies and reground them to truth. And as we do, the pleb way of truth, of creating value wherever your hands are in a humble way is going to be what dominates the world again. And that's going to make the world a beautiful place full of unrivaled opportunity, more so than we've probably ever seen. That is a huge thing of hope, but that process is painful because we have to learn to align our choice with that justice and separate ourselves from the lies that have become normal of everything around us. Beautiful. Um, Herbalist, did you have anything to add before I wrap this baby up with some final thoughts? Oop, Herbalist has dropped off. Okay, so I guess this leaves me to finish uh, the final thoughts. Well, I'll tell you what gives me hope. I mean, you guys know me. I'm a little bit more abrasive and a little bit more of what some people might call a cunt. Um, and I, you know, I, I'm happy with that. It's, it's a good thing. So for me, one thing that gives me hope is I'm gonna I'm gonna finish it on the on the Icarus um, and the wax wings uh, note, is that you've got these the idiots as I was describing earlier who discovered their new technology, um, you know the the centrally planned monetary system made of wax wings, and they've gone ahead and sold it to a bunch of idiots, so to all the lemmings um, and to all the you know the masses, and. What's happening is that, you know, there's a bunch of us who are saying, yeah, you know what, I don't think wax wings are going to work. Um, so I'm just going to hang out over here and I'm going to build a garden and I'm going to find other people who want to build a garden. And we're going to create something over here. We don't, you know, I don't think that 
jumping off a cliff with some wax wings is a good idea. And they're like, no, 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 you, you've got to come with us because that's where the fucking promised land is. We know where we're going. And, you know, what we're going to see over the coming decade is a bunch of, uh, of the masses, you know, the bunch of the averages, a bunch of the lemmings strap on their wax wings and go jump off the fucking cliff alongside these idiots. Um, and they're all going to severely uh, impair themselves uh, on the way down as Bitcoin actually melts their fucking wings and reintroduces reality into the prey. And, and what gives me hope for that is like, I, I honestly, call me an elitist, call me whatever you want, but I believe in the 80-20 rule. I believe that there is a small subset of people at all times in society that produce more, that do more, that add more value, that, you know, that create more, that think harder, that work harder, et cetera. Now it is multidimensional, meaning that, you know, I, whilst I might add the most value in one dimension, someone is adding more value in another dimension, but that's what makes life beautiful. And that's what makes things unique. But fundamentally, like the idiots that I genuinely don't think deserve anything um, like that fuckwit teacher who, you know, I was seeing some posts about him recently that, you know, he's teaching kids about how, you know, it's good to be a communist and he's got like, you know, pictures of Mao and fucking, you know, the swastika or whatever inside his um, classroom. Like scumbags like that will not get any Bitcoin. And that actually gives me hope for humanity because what Bitcoin <laughs> is doing is it's actually reorienting, reorienting, yep, that's the word, and realigning, um, you know, well, in a way that is functional. So it's like the, it's the ultimate, it's the final Cantillon effect, as NVK would put it. It is the final, um, I guess it, it's, it's the closing of the door on um, this chapter of existence for us. And it will allow those who want the gulag to put themselves in their own gulags. And hopefully the rest of us can escape you know, the gulags that they're trying to bring us in with. Like we just need to, say no to the wax wings and we could actually move back uh or so i shouldn't say back because we've never had a world like what will come after bitcoin so we can actually move forward into an era that is bound or that is you know grounded in reality that is grounded uh in natural that is grounded in fucking energy and universal laws and no more fucking lies like that's the thing that gives me the most hope here renaissance now that's it all right gentlemen this was fucking fantastic i really enjoyed this chat um thank you all for jumping on can we do a quick round table so that everyone knows where to find you on uh the twitters um or the mediums or the youtubes or anywhere else uh laser we'll go with you first go to mark laser hodl on twitter i do all my stuff there um i might launch a a site to put some essays out but until then just get me on twitter awesome yeah mark. uh you can find you can find me on youtube just mark moss um i just dropped a video about this a couple days ago talking about how they're trying to roll our life into one single switch that can be turned on and off and um how the bitcoin platform is to provide dissident tech so if you like these conversations you can join me there and of course i'm super active on twitter as well just the number one mark moss sweet Joel. i'm on I'm on Twitter, Untapped Growth. My website's untappedgrowth.com. Most of my stuff I talk about just on Twitter. My website's the place you can kind of see what I'm up to at the cattle and the uh, food sovereignty project and get a hold of me, a part of me there at that project. Brilliant. All right, sweet. Everyone knows where to find me. I think Herbalist, um, I think he's, 
Twitter handle was The Herbalist or something. I can't remember. We also had Michael Krieger, Liberty Blitzkrieg. I think, is it Liberty Blitz or Liberty Blitzkrieg on um, Twitter? Who knows? Liberty Blitz. Okay, Liberty Blitz. So, sweet. Um, and I think his website was Liberty Blitzkrieg. So, boys, thank you again. Any any final comments or are we good to, to wrap this baby up? I appreciate y'all. I think it's good. You too, man. Brilliant. Right, Thanks so much. My last Yo. comment will be the way we integrate with the hope is we pursue truth and separate ourselves from the lies. I love it. I like that's, it. I love it. That's the difference here. That's what makes the Puebway win. And it has to start with us as individuals. There's no place where that happens by magic of it, everybody doing it for you and you jumping into the swarm. We have to Fucking each up. one of us be the temp of the spear and take that battle on on our own. Yep, you need to vote 100%. with your feet physically and digitally. It's not an, you Absolutely. know. Bitcoin fixes the money, but everything else is up to us. It's a starting place. 